Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation prayer around God's Word. It is Friday, July 21st, 2023. Well, let's see, today our catechesis will continue in St. Matthew's Gospels. We'll see Matthew chapter 16 today. That's what we'll be looking at. All right, all right, I think that's enough. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray our psalm together. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their measuring line goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The just decrees of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant uh, is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Did we already have our... Uh, meditation on the psalm earlier this week? I think we might have. Uh, actually, I don't think we did. I probably gave you some. No, I don't think we did. I think I just talked to you a little bit about it. So, um, how about we do uh, here a little devotion on the psalm? I've got it all there in front of you on the screen, so you can follow along. The Christian faith recognizes two ways in which God has made his revelation to us, through nature and through grace sometimes called the book of nature, the book of Revelation. Quote, through creation and through Holy Scripture is another way of saying the same thing. These are the two means that God has given us through which to know him. And we could dispute that, how well nature reveals um, God, but of course the psalmist does it here. Starting with the inspired scriptures, sometimes Christians have reached back, as it were, to speak of nature itself as a sort of book, a a sacred scroll in which God is revealed. Nature itself provides a quote-unquote text analogous to Holy Writ. For example, a 12th century Englishman, Alexander Neckham, 
said that, quote, the world is inscribed with the pen of God. For anyone who understands it, it is a work of literature, end quote. While a contemporary, the Parisian master Richard of St. Victor said that, quote, the whole of the sensible world is like a book written by the finger of God, end quote. Similarly, Garnier of Roquefort in the same century said that uh, God speaks to us through two books, nature and the law or Torah. Such writers found this idea of a double revelation in the book itself, all right, to the psalm. It is the theme, for instance, of our psalm, which begins with the testimony of God's truth in the work of creation and then goes on to speak of the further testimony to that same truth in God's law. These two revelations are the topics of the two halves of the psalm. First, nature given us by God, or first, nature is given to us by God that we may know him. Quote, the heavens declare the glory of God, our psalm begins, quote, and the firmament proclaims the work of his hands. Day speaks, of the, speaks the word unto day, and night unto night proclaims the knowledge. There is neither speech nor words, nor can there be voices heard, yet their sound goes forth to all the earth and their message to the corners of the world. End quote. That is to say, there is a message for us from God inscribed in the structure of creation. Sometimes we call this natural law. I think we call it that too. Right? Uh, I mentioned the, uh, it was on Wednesday night, yeah, the, the law written uh, into the chromosomes of, of people, right? Male and female. Second, the law also given us by God that we may know him. Quote, the law of the Lord is pure, converting souls. The testimony of the Lord is sure, giving wisdom to little ones. The judgments of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Commandment of the Lord is bright, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is holy, enduring forever and ever, end quote. Such is the reciprocity between the creation account in Genesis and the Sinai event in Exodus. I've compared the commandments to the days of creation. I don't know if you've done that, but you can match them up. What God reveals in nature, he also reveals in his law. Thus, whether he turns to God's word in nature or to God's word in the Torah, man finds order and truth and justice and wisdom and holiness. All right, let's see if he gets there. Not yet salvation though, right? There's no salvation in nature, hmm. nor in the law from uh, Moses. It should not surprise us then that the Apostle Paul should see in God's revelation in nature a foreshadowing of his revelation in the gospel, foreshadowing, for the universality of God's witness in the works of creation is to be matched in the universal character of the gospel's proclamation, right? I have done the comparison not only of creation to Sinai, but creation to um, the work of salvation accomplished by Christ our Lord of Holy Week, right? On the on the seventh day, he rested from all the work he'd been, he had done, right? Christ rested in the tomb. All right, uh, let's see, where were we? Speaking of the missionaries who proclaim God's word to the ends of the earth, Paul compares their witness to that same wisdom in which, quote, day speaks the word unto day and night unto night proclaims the knowledge. He comments in Romans, Romans 10, 18, so then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. And then he quotes the psalm. Their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. Paul is saying that the gospel is as cosmic as the cosmos. Just as the gospel is God's fulfillment of the Torah, so it is God's answer to the hope that lies at the heart of nature. All right, so the gospel answers both um, the cry or the call, the need of creation, as well as, of course, um, the revelation of, of man's sinful heart uh, revealed by the law, right? The gospel is the answer to both. Each morning we behold how God, quote, 
set his tent in the sun, and he goes forth as a bridegroom from his wedding chamber. He rejoices as a giant to run his race. His going forth is from the farthest heaven, or furthest heaven, and his setting is at the other extreme, nor can anything be hidden from its heat. Such is the daily promise proclaimed from the blue vault that arches over us, that firmament of which our psalm says that, quote, the firmament proclaims the work of his hands, end quote. Blue sky, the firmament, is heaven's daily exhortation to hope. You'll see, you'll often see churches painted um, with a blue sky, a blue ceiling, right? And this is the reason. The rising of the sun, which the high poetry of the Bible regards as an exultant bridegroom and a racing giant, is itself a law and a gospel, announcing the godly order of the one and the godly promise of the other. From the beginning of his word to us, when his hands spread out the heavens above us, until that end when he will roll them up as a scroll, God's message is a unified poetic text of order, promise, and hope. And hope. Right? So remember, order um, and the ordering of nature or even order within the church is comes by way of the law, God's law. And it, it's still good and right to then, of course, but it does not yet save from sin. Right? And that requires um, the Jesus, right? Yeah, it blew over the altar. There you go. Exactly. You'll often see that in the what's called the asp. The, the dome over the altar will be painted blue with stars. Maybe this psalm was the inspiration. All right. Let's say our memory verse together. Our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Romans 6, verses 6 through 7. Catechism for the week, Holy Baptism. Question, what does such baptizing with water indicate? Answer, it indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. All right. Our first reading is from Isaiah 42, one of the servant songs. Remember this last um, chunk of Isaiah uh, is full of servant songs, at least up to chapter 55. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands shall wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that, and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song, and his praise from the ends of the earth. You will go down to the sea and all that is in it, your coast, you coastlands and you inhabitants of them. Let the, village, 
wilderness, excuse me, and its cities and lift up their voice, the villages that Kadar inhabits, that the inhabitants of Selah sing, let them shout from the top of the mountains, let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise to the coastlands. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man, he shall stir up his zeal like a man of war, he shall cry out, yes, shall shout aloud, he shall prevail against his enemies. All right, so we hear quite a bit of the person of Christ here, the servant, the elect one, in whom the Lord um, delights, who has, of course, the spirit of the Father, and the spirit who proceeds from both Father and Son, as we confess, right? And then you have this dialogue in the middle, which might remind you of like a hymn, Salvation Unto Us Has Come, where you have the Father um, um, and the Son dialoguing. What's another one that does that? Lamb Goes Uncomplaining Forth does that as well, where the Father and the Son have this dialogue in the hymn. Well, here is the inspiration for that in the, from the hymns, um, here it right is in the prophets, in the inspired word of God, right? I, the Lord, have called you, the Son, in righteousness, and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to do all these things, right? Which we, of course, see fulfilled in Jesus. If you ever wonder where those, where the hymn writers got the idea of having the dialogue between the Father and the Son uh, within the midst of a hymn, well, it's right here in the Servant Songs of Isaiah. Okay, our reading for catechesis follows right on the heels of the feeding of the 4,000. Remember, there were seven baskets of leftovers, and then Jesus goes to the region of Magdala, if you remember that. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and tested him, or testing him, said, excuse me, testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread? It's a question. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. There you are. Our favorite students, the disciples. Uh, Hopefully, uh, I imagine that you hear your own um, lack of intuition, of of understanding uh, Christ's word in them and their character. I know I do. All right, so who came to Jesus? Again, we're in Magdala, and that would be the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What did they want? They asked Jesus to show them a sign from heaven. Were they not at the feeding of the 4,000 or 5,000? Had they not seen all um, the blind, the sick, the lame, the maimed, um, the mute being healed? Hmm. Well, they want their own sign. You see the same thing, uh, who was it? Oh, it was with Herod, right? That wanted uh, Jesus to perform a sign for him, Herod the Tetrarch. Do that thing that you do, Jesus. Hmm. Of course, Jesus had just fed the 4,000. All right? Um, So then, uh, what does he tell them? 
They know the signs of the weather, but they could not see the signs of the times? Question mark. Uh, obviously, the sign of the weather here is one that we know. What is it? Red dawn uh, in morning. A red dawn at night, sailor's warning. Red dawn. A red light at night, sailor's delight. Is that how that works? <laughs> we have a, a rhyme for it. Something like that. Obviously, this has been true in time immemorial. Right? Jesus quote, citing it here, too. So they're looking for the sign of the times. And his point is, the signs have already been given, and they just refuse to see them. Yeah, we all want our own sign, and yet Jesus has already given the sign, and he tells us what the sign is. What's the sign? The sign of the prophet Jonah. All right, so what does Jesus mean by this? Right, because this is for you too. This is the sign that he has given you as well. All right, remember Jonah, thrown overboard, sacrificed to God, right, by the sailors, uh, with Jonah's own willingness, also a little bit of a Christ figure then too, right, and then died three days in the belly of uh, the great fish before he was vomited alive on the dry land. So Jesus would spend three days uh, in the tomb or the mouth of the devil, as Luther calls it, before he is vomited forth as the triumphant Lord of life uh, in the resurrection, whom death could not hold in its jaws. Right. So the death and resurrection of Jesus is the sign, the ultimate sign that Jesus is who he says he is. Um, as far as Christian apologetics go, this is my preferred um, strategy. There are other kinds, um, but the evidentiary uh, uh, apologetic is the way to go, right? Let's deal with Jesus. Did he do what he said, right? He said he would die and on the third day rise. Did he do that, right? And then there's different kinds of proofs that you can use. Um, historic proofs, of course, legal proof, um, of course, evidentiary proof, you know, where are the bones of Jesus, this kind of thing. And once you have Jesus dying and rising, as he said, then I would suggest it's a lot easier, <laughs> given by the Holy Spirit, of course, uh, to believe that the other things that Jesus said are also true. Even things like creation, which Jesus affirms, that God made the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Or that he made us male and female, and that he's given us to, be, to, to marry and to bear children, right? which Jesus affirms, and says that is what God has made us for. Okay, Of course, work too. Right and to love one another and all of that. That's all affirmed by Jesus. Um, but the sign that we should take him at his word is the sign of Jonah, the prophet Jonah. All right. Uh, then his disciples come to him, and they had forgotten to take bread. Oh, by the way, the sign of Jesus dying and rising again is uh, given to us each week in the Lord's Supper, which is another reason why the Lord's Supper is celebrated every Sabbath day. All right. Uh, because, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, right? So, it, even the sacrament is the proclamation of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, right? And as we rise from the sacrament uh, with forgiveness, life, and salvation, um, so we're rising in the resurrection of Jesus as well. So, death and resurrection is proclaimed there in the sacrament every Sunday on the Lord's day, on the day of resurrection, right? So, what other sign do you need? Hmm. Uh, well, only if you doubt, right? All right, so the disciples had forgotten to take bread. How many baskets were left over? Seven. And they forgot bread. Well, there you go. Jesus is going to use this as a um, teaching moment, of course, to warn them about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, they seem to be kind of dim-witted. Uh, is he talking about bread? And do they have like a special yeast or something? <laughs> Yeah. 
they had forgotten to take bread, so he's going to talk to them about bread. No, right? He says, you of little faith, right? Um, because he think, because they think he's talking about bread and not talking about doctrine, which he brings up later, the teaching, right? In verse 12. Look, I can provide bread for you, so why would I be talking to you about, about your lack of bread? We've, he's already demonstrated now twice, and he tells them at the 5,000 with the five loaves and at the uh, 4,000 with the seven loaves, I've already demonstrated I can feed you in all places, you know, with manna in the wilderness, so to speak, right? So what are we really talking about? Mm-hmm. That spiritual leaven, that false doctrine of the Pharisees and scribes. Okay. So let's summarize. Jesus warns the disciples against the leaven of the Pharisees because... They are constantly in search of some new sign that he is a powerful messianic figure. They seek someone to transform the world around them for their benefit. You can think of messianic political figures, right? Hope and change. Um, Rather than someone who would rescue them from the devil, the world, and their own sinful nature. Even the disciples struggled with understanding that this is the real bread men need to live, to be rescued from devil, world, and sinful nature. Jesus has given us the signs of his death and resurrection in baptism, absolution, and the supper, through which the benefits of that victory over death become ours. Here the prophet, who fed the multitudes and crossed over the waters, cleanses our hearts that our faith might remain firm in him alone. The Pharisaic doctrine that we may be righteous in our works rather than through the atoning death of Christ, combined with the Sadducees' denial of the resurrection, amounts to a proclamation of death. Or, as Moses said, the name of another God. So denying the atoning death of Christ and and his resurrection leaves you only with the doctrine of death. Mm. By calling this teaching leaven, Jesus warns how quickly it can spread throughout the church to destroy the one true doctrine of the crucified and risen Lord. That is the gospel. Uh, By the way, this is also the reason why the gospel must predominate in our preaching. Uh, C.F.W. Walther was right about that, even if he wasn't always the best at executing it, according to his own uh, record of sermons that we look at, um, it is the truth that um, the law kills and the and the gospel makes alive. So if what you hear predominantly preached is the law, it leaves people in death, dead, right? And that becomes ends up being eleven like that of the Pharisees and Sadducees. No, the gospel must predominate. After the law has done its killing work, the gospel raises up, right? And that always uh, also is the final word. The Lord bless you and give you peace, right? All right. Speaking of the proclamation of the law and the gospel, let's sing our hymn. And a sin dreadful bondage keeps 
count we draw our infant breath and reap its fruits of woe and death. From hearts depraved to evil prone, blow thoughts and deeds of sin alone. God's image lost the darkened soul, seeks not nor finds its heavenly goal. But Christ the second Adam came to bear our sin and woe and shame, to be our life, our By one man all mankind fell, and born in sin was doomed to hell. So by one man who took our place, we all were justified by grace. We thank you, Christ, new life is ours, new light, new hope, new strength, new powers, this grace our every way attend, until we reach our journey's end. Okay, we've got a string of uh, commemorations again, and today the commemoration is uh, the prophet Ezekiel, who uh, you know a lot more about than you probably did before. I know I have learned quite a bit more as we've been spending the last, oh, I don't know, two-thirds or three-quarters of a year working through Ezekiel. Ezekiel served the Lord as a prophet primarily to the Judean exiles at the time of the Babylonian captivity having been carried captive by Nebuchadnezzar in 597 BC. He was the son of Buzi and thus part of the priestly family. Familiarity with the liturgy and ritual of the temple stamp his prophecy. His initial prophecies were warnings to the Judeans that Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed. He repeatedly had to uh, counter false prophets who prophesied an imminent return from exile. In contrast, Ezekiel prophesied a long exile and complete destruction of the city. After his prophecies came true about the final destruction of the holy city and its temple, Ezekiel's words turned mainly to comfort. We're almost there, by the way, in our adult Bible study, or Sunday Bible study. He foretold the destruction of the enemies of God's people and the restoration to the land and with a new temple. Most intriguing were his words about how God would rescue his scattered people and bring them home by giving them a new heart and putting his own spirit within them, Ezekiel 36. He foretold that God would sprinkle them with clean water to accomplish this, a prophecy of the grace of baptism. In his famous vision of the Valley of Dry Bones, that's Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel is given the glimpse of the resurrection, where, as C.S. Lewis would put it centuries later, death works backwards. A valley of dead bones stretches before him, many bones, all bleached white, 
The Lord challenges the prophet, quote, can these bones live? It is the question. The best of the prophet can do, the best the prophet can do is refer the question back to God. O oh Lord God, you know. At the command of the Lord, he prophesies over the dry bones and the bodies reassemble. At another command, he summons the breath, the spirit of the Lord, and the dead bodies come to life and stand on their feet, a vast army. In such a way, the Lord promises Ezekiel that he will raise his people from their graves. Another vision of the prophet is particularly important. He foresees the restored temple and from the altar a stream of water. It starts small, but it grows. It becomes a mighty river. Wherever it flows, everything lives. When we remember the promise of our Lord that, that his body is the true temple, this vision becomes clear. From him, our living temple flows the water mingled with the blood that brings divine life to everything it touches. This is the image of holy baptism itself, flowing from the Lord's body on his cross. That water brings to life those whom it touches. In fact, it makes them part of the very temple of God himself. Some of the odd symbolism that Ezekiel employs finds an echo in the revelation of St. John. The living creature saw, he saw surrounding the throne of God reoccur there. His prophecies about the, the battle between the enemies of God, Gog and Magog, find an answering echo as well. Both Ezekiel and St. John declare that the final victory in history belongs to God, who visits his people to wash them in living water and make them his very temple. We pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, through the prophet Ezekiel, you continued the prophetic pattern of teaching your people the true faith and demonstrating through miracles your presence in creation to heal it of its brokenness. Grant that your church may see in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the final end times prophet, whose teaching and miracles continue in your church through the healing medicine of the gospel and the sacraments. This we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pray the Collect for the Week. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft into our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion. Nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We also pray today in Thanksgiving with Dawson and Gabriella, who celebrate uh, their baptism. We pray for the households of our church, especially Doug and Lisa, Sean, Kyle, Jason, Jeannie, and Eric. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Joe, Melanie, Kelsey, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, Jim, Pat, Wendell, and Darlene. Pray for our homebound. Pray for the, the mercy, and mercy, mercy and mission work of both the church, the mercy work of our community, especially Safe Harbor in Sheboygan. Continue to intercede on behalf of Dasha, Donna, and Lydia. For all this, let us pray to the Lord, Lord of mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. There be the congregation of prayer for uh, Friday, July 21st, 2023. It's good to have you with us here this morning. You can join us again tomorrow as we will uh, hear of St. Peter's confession and rebuke by our Lord. All right. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and, and Sadducees. That's the, uh, the leaven that says that um, the gospel is not sufficient, that we must return to the preaching of the law or things will uh, not find their way out. Uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that on Sunday, I think, with the feeding of the 4,000. All right, that's it for uh, today. Uh, if you've got uh, free time this morning, you can uh, hop over uh, onto the Band Books YouTube channel and uh, join Pastor Riley and I this morning. We'll be recording an episode there, uh, unedited, raw, so to speak. So uh, that's an opportunity for you as well, if you'd like. Otherwise, we'll see you again in the morning at uh, 9 o'clock tomorrow for our prayer. See you then. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.